Hello and welcome to Date Your Ego, Marry Your Soul podcast. I'm your host, Serafina, and I am an ego and soul enthusiast. We can no longer be strangers to our egos and how they function. So come and join me as we find out why and how this philosophy of dating your ego but marrying your soul is true and useful for you. In this episode, we speak with Ali Golds, a business and personal growth coach here in London, England. She's also the best-selling author of the book, How to Be Your Own Boss as a Single Mum. Ali's also the founder of the Juno Project, which he'll talk to us in a bit. Ali's story, I have to say, left me awestruck and so inspired. She is a woman who not only survived, but thrived after domestic abuse. Her achievement has gone on to serve as a source of strength and inspiration for so many others. She is a shining example of someone who never gave in to any of her ego traps and tapped into her soul's power. Let's listen in. Hello, Ali. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, thank you so much for inviting me. Could you tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Yes. Yeah, so uh, as you said, I'm a growth coach. I'm uh, an author, so author of the best-selling book, How to Be Your Own Boss as a Single Mum. I'm also a motivational speaker and founder of the Juno Project. And we work with girls who have been or are at risk of being excluded from school. So I have a number of hats and I love them all. <laughs> Wonderful. Could you tell us a bit about your goals over the next five years for your projects? Yes. So in relation to the Juno project, we have very big grand plans. At the moment, we work with girls who are aged 14 to 16. We work in quite a small part of the UK. So we work across a couple of counties down on the Sussex and Hampshire coast. But our plan is to go across the UK So eventually we'd like to work with tens of thousands of young women, helping them with their confidence and their self-esteem. For me, with my other business hat, I've got another book that I'm writing at the moment, which I'm hoping to have published next year, called Today I Stop Running. I'm also keen to do more motivational speaking, which I love. So last night I was speaking at a big premiership football match in front of 30,000 fans, which was brilliant. And on a personal front, I want to go traveling. So I'm actually traveling this summer. Eventually, I'd love to be all over the world working and just having fun. And I'd hope for the rest of the world motivating other people while you're traveling. Definitely. Yes, that would be amazing. <laughs> yes, I can totally see that happening. I think the world needs you. Um, Thank you. Tell us about a time in your life when you experienced an aha moment. I think there have been a couple, actually, of aha moments for me. The first one was when my marriage, my second marriage broke down back in 2005. And it was very difficult because I had thought that I was in this very happy marriage. We'd been very successful. We were running our own business, you know, the usual trappings of success, a big house, posh car, the usual things. And it went in the blink of an eye when I found out that my husband was having an affair. And it was shocking. It was terrible. And I was kind of left on the floor, really, thinking, how do I pick myself up? What do I do? I have sons, children who are looking at me saying, oh, my goodness, mom, you know, this is terrible. I literally lost everything overnight. He took my house. He took my car. He took my income, everything, and left and never looked back. 
I haven't heard from him since. I haven't received a penny from him since. And I had to make a decision. What was I going to do? Was I going to lie on the floor and say, perfect, okay, you know, you've wrecked my life. Amazing, I'm going to take that. Or was I going to fight back? And I'm not the kind of person who can lie on the floor and do nothing. So I fought back. And that really is where my entrepreneurial career started. I started my first business on my own the following year. And the second moment for me uh, was when I went into a women's refuge. And unfortunately, I was in a relationship, an abusive relationship. And actually, when I look back, I've always been in abusive relationships. But this one was sort of a stereotypical abusive relationship. And it started with someone who seemed very nice and very kind. And he brought his sons up. And I thought, well, this is an okay guy. And of course, what happened is domestic abuse is very insidious. It starts with something quite small. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. It started with checking my phone, not giving me messages from people who'd rung, getting friends to check me on social media to see what I was doing. Then it progressed to shouting at me, throwing things at me. Then talking to me just as you and I are talking now, but talking to me with his hand around my throat and saying things like, you'll never leave me because I'll cut you into tiny pieces and bury you in the garden. And then one day he hit me. And that was the moment where I thought, oh my goodness, this can't carry on. I was studying at the time, told some of my friends and they said, you need to call Women's Aid. And we're lucky in the UK to have Women's Aid. And I rang them, I rang their helpline. And they said to me, you're in an incredibly dangerous situation. And so what I did was um, I had to leave and they said, we have space in a women's refuge. You can come now. So I packed my stuff. I left the next day and actually leaving it is always a bad thing because that's the time where most women die, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. when their partners find out they're going to leave. But I left, went into a refuge. When the door closed behind me, I think that was the first time in my life that I'd ever felt safe. And that's when I decided that enough now, I have to really start moving forward in a positive way. So that was really my next aha moment. Wow, a story of bravery. Tell me, in that moment when you were leaving that situation or Mm -hmm. even in the second crisis, what was the one strength that kept you going? It was knowing that I deserved better, actually. It was knowing that if I didn't like myself, if I didn't love myself, who else was going to do that? If I wasn't going to be the person who was going to save me, no one else was going to save me. Because everybody else I had picked so far had not saved me. In fact, what they'd done is they contributed to this really dim view that I had of myself and they tried to knock me back. They had taken all my positivity, my dynamism and all the great things about me, my energy for themselves. And they tried to leave me as a shell of who I was. And I wasn't going to do that. I wasn't going to do that. So I think even though on the inside I was really hurting and I really did have a terrible time, I knew that there was a fighter inside me who just wasn't going to quit. <laughs> she was saying, mm-hmm. no, we need to keep going. We need to keep going. And that's what I did. And you turned your crisis into a blessing, as I can yes. see. A tragedy into a triumph. Yeah, you know what? I always try and look for the positive. And that might sound quite perverse sometimes when you hear the story of my life. But I always try and find a positive in a negative. There has to be a positive. There is always a positive. It doesn't matter whether it's a big or a small. There's always something positive and it might take a long time before you find it, but you will find it. And you have to use that in a positive way. And so for anyone out there who's going through a challenging situation, either at work or even personally, could you share one personal daily habit that could contribute to their success that you have used to become the success you are? 
I don't tend to do sort of, you know, I'm not sort of the meditating type or the journal type. I wish I was because they all sound amazing, but that sadly is not the person I am. I think every day I just think to myself, today is an amazing day. Today is a chance for me to do something I haven't done. Today is a chance for me to do better than I did yesterday. And today is a chance for me maybe to learn something, to meet someone I've never met before. So I see every day as a clean sheet. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what's going to happen tomorrow because actually we all know we've got no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. Even on a business front, you know, I look at my diary and I think, okay, tomorrow is going to be this. It never is. (laughs) So I always see every day, as you were saying, as a blessing. Every day is a chance for me to do something new, different, better, and just to enjoy life. We are so lucky. We are so lucky that we have a life full of amazing and wonderful things. You know, terrible things might happen in the world, but the world isn't a terrible place. Thank you for that. I would lead into another question that I want to ask someone like you because you can inspire younger women that are looking up to you at this moment. What can women do, given the challenges of living in the 21st century, to look after themselves, to really look after themselves? Because I find from the research and even from my own life, you're often so many things to so many people. How do you look after yourself? How, you know, you can go off on holiday and do all of these things. Yeah. How do you really nurture yourself on the inside as a woman? Yeah. That's taken me a long time to learn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I got there in the end. I think there's a number of things you can do. There's, there's two that really jump out at me. The first is, as I said earlier, it's about learning to love yourself and to be kind to yourself and to stop beating yourself up about things you haven't done or you think you should have done. It's learning that the only person who can help you is you. And the second thing I would say is it's all about self-belief. You know, you can do anything that you want to do. Don't listen to people who say that you can't. My eldest son and I, we joke about this. You know, I say to him, you can do anything you want. And he'll say to me, all right, well, I want to be an astronaut. And I say, well, you could be an astronaut. And he'll laugh. And I say, but you can. If you put your mind to it, if you think of all the steps you need to take to get there, then you can be an astronaut. You can do anything you want to do. When I was five years old, I wanted to write a book. Here I am, 2014. So I was a little bit older than five. I wrote and published a best-selling book. You know, I managed to do that. I would never at the age of five have thought, well, how am I going to be able to do that? That wasn't part of my thought process, but I managed it because there were a number of steps I took. We are all amazing people. We've got infinite possibility within us. We are extraordinary. We're unique. We are one of a kind. We are not somebody else. We are who we are. And I think the quicker that you can accept that you are who you are and love who you are because other people will love you, then the faster that you will get on. You know, I say to the girls I work with, life isn't fair and we're not all equal. The quicker you understand that, the quicker you'll get to where you want to go. Would you mind telling us a bit about your book? Yeah, so my book is called How to Be Your Own Boss as a Single Mum. I wrote it back in 2014. And it's sort of a two-parter, really. The first part is a little bit about my story, how I became a single mom and how I managed to overcome those challenges. And the second part of the book is telling you all the step-by-steps to being able to start and run your own business. And in there as well are case studies of other single moms and their kids. 
So talking about, you know, the kids saying how amazing their mums are and how proud they are, because I think as women, as mums, we tend to think, oh my goodness, you know, if I run a business, that gives me less time for my kids. Actually, it teaches your children a lot. And the single mums themselves were really proud to be able to talk about their business because the amount of women I've been contacted by across the world who have said, I've read your book and I thought I was the only person with all these challenges. So the, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for you to be able really to learn about other single mums all over the world who are running businesses and how they've overcome their challenges. Excellent. Well, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people ordering this book right now. Um, Thank you. When do you begin working on your next book? So I've already started to write my next book. It is a very detailed journey of my life and the strategies that I've used to overcome the challenges that I've faced. I'm hoping that it will be finished towards the end of this year. I'm going to take some time out in the summer to go and write it in the sunshine somewhere. And so I would hope it will be out next year. Oh, excellent. We look forward to that. I really look forward to that. Uh, as you know, this podcast is called Date Your Ego, Marry Your Soul. And the reason I was so honored you said yes is because from your story, it seems like you are one woman who has really chosen to marry herself, yes. despite everything that's happened in your life. And from a spiritual context, when bad things happen to you, when shitty things happen to you, when unfair things happen to you, your ego wants to use that as an opportunity to put, keep you in this prison of self-pity or depression and to get out of that prison which essentially is your own prison you have to choose yourself yeah. and you have to let go of all of that and choose yourself again and again and again and often yeah. it comes as a new job it comes as a new relationship maybe no relationship and no job and taking time off there are yeah. various ways and there's no formula really for yeah. women it's about adapting to the life condition that you're in and then choosing again and again and again. Definitely. Oh, you know what? There's um, a fab. I love Pinterest. I'm totally addicted to Pinterest, and I found this amazing quote, which is so true. And it was it was talking about a person actually, and it was saying, you know, if I met you again in a hundred years, I'd marry you again, and you know, you'd be my best friend. Blah blah blah. And I put it on Instagram and said, "This is dear me. This is exactly how I feel about you. Love me." <laughs> And that's exactly oh it. God, that's brilliant. Instead of being anybody else, <laughs> if I, you know, I love my life. I have had terrible tragedies, shockingly awful things, but I still love my life. I still love me. I see the great things in me. Of course, I don't have other things that are so great, but I really don't spend any time worrying about them. What is the point? If I spent all my time worrying about the bad things about me or the not so great things about me, I would never move forward. And life is all about moving forward. And I think I'm a pretty unique, pretty cool kind person and actually that's all you need to be you don't need to be the biggest entrepreneur in the world or the most incredible mum in the world there is no such thing and I think as you get older you learn that society likes to put lots of labels on us you know your job really is to say I have no labels I'm just a cool person a kind person a nice person with so much potential and that's the person I'm going to be if you'd allow me to add one more mm. word to that I'd say you're very relatable you know, women you. in that position, you can't really access them and their journeys. You know, you can't really learn from their lessons. And this leads me to my very final and important question for someone like you. Young women today or women in their 30s and 40s even often find themselves coming up against a yardstick. 
that they fall into the trap of judging themselves against. And yeah. that's mostly media sort of spoon fed and they see it yeah. everywhere on their travel to work, travel home in yeah. magazines and books, that yardstick. I mean, how can we remind ourselves that our yardsticks have to be our own? And, you know, yeah. how, do we, how do we formulate a yardstick that will work for yeah. our empowering us? I think it's very easy to fall into the trap, isn't it? As you said, of looking at other people, other women, maybe men and saying, oh, I need to be that person. I need to be that successful person. You need to remember that you aren't that person. They haven't had your journey. You cannot compare yourself to someone who isn't you. It is not possible to be able to do that. All you're going to do is set yourself up to fail. And I really don't like the word failure. There is no such thing as failure, but that's what's going to happen because they haven't had the experiences that you've had. They haven't lived the life that you've had. They haven't been told the things that you've been told. They don't believe the things that you believe. So I think the important thing is to stop looking outside for who you should be and start looking inside at who you should be and just be the very best version of you. Because I tell you what, years down the line, those people that you're looking at may well be looking at you and saying, oh my goodness, I wish I was them. Well, that's amazing. Good, because you're going to move forwards by not looking at somebody else, by not comparing yourself to someone else. And I know that's really easy for me to say, not so easy maybe to do, but you have to trust me. Having done it, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work. I, does that sort of depend then on, a, on an individual's core values? Yeah, that's I think so. It comes down to because it's, this not comparing and not falling into the trap. You've got to have something that anchors you and you. Yeah. You know, it yeah. just keeps you, no matter where your attention goes, you, yeah. you have to come back to you and just stay there and focus. Yeah. And it's, it, it, isn't that a case of core values? What is that a case of, that anchor? I think it's a sense of accepting who you are and being happy with who you are. And I understand that that might be difficult at times. I totally understand that. There have been moments where I've looked at myself and thought, I don't really like who I am. But actually, I'll tell you what it was. It wasn't that I didn't like who I was. It was that I was lost. I didn't actually know who I was. That was the problem. And so what I did was I took myself back to things that made me really happy. So for me, it was writing, reading, being out and about in the countryside, playing the guitar, those were the things that made me happy. And when I then started to feel that happiness again, then I started to find where I wanted to go. And I think you're right. It's all about core values. It's about knowing the person you are, understanding the person you are, learning about who you are, and being happy and accepting who you are. You are an amazing person with a stack of potential. You are unique. You are extraordinary. You are glorious. Everyone loves you. You don't see that maybe, but trust me, they do. You know, there are people around you who value you beyond anything that you can imagine. There is no financial limit that they could put on that because money can't buy who you are. So you should never look at someone else and think, well, I'll be them because you can't be them. Great. So very, very poignant message there. Very, very simple messages. Honesty, self-love, and actually simplicity. That's what yeah. you're telling us to embrace really. So we can Definitely. be as successful as you are. So thank you so much for your time. I know you're extremely busy and I know you have another meeting to run off to, but thank My you pleasure. so much for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for asking me.